Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. Well, good morning. So good to see everybody. I want to thank you for your prayers this last week or so as we were visiting that great city of Chicago. We appreciated your prayers. We were able to minister at Bishop Spencer Jones's pastor's conference, preaching, teaching a couple times, and enjoying half a dozen or so powerful services and meeting some wonderful, mostly young preachers, but there are some older ones there, from Minnesota to Miami, mostly people working in the urban environment. And so we had a great time. We appreciate your prayers. And on top of that, the leaves were just perfect. I'm talking red and flaming orange and yellow. They hadn't fallen yet. They just changed. Amen. So it's like they were greeting me as I drove down the street. But we want to thank you for that. We had a wonderful time and God was good. Amen. Amen. Children, if you are dismissed, the children's church. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good to us? Now, Lord willing, next week we'll begin a short series, four parts, on four important attributes of God. We'll start out with the power of God. and We'll look at the love of God. And then, of course, the grace of God. and the Faithfulness of God. But this morning, I want to glean from the teaching of our Lord himself. If you got a red letter edition, this is all in red. This is a teaching from Jesus. And if you can't trust his teaching, you're in the wrong place. Amen. So let's look at Luke's gospel, chapter number 12. I want to begin with verse 22. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, then Jesus said to his disciples, underline who he's talking to. Someone should say, that's me. (laughs) Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Jesus just commanded us to worry. Can I open the altars now? (laughs) I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you'll eat or your body about what you'll wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the birds, the ravens. You know, they don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. They, they, they have no publics. Yet God feeds them. Yet God feeds them. Amen. God feeds them. They do their part to dig up that worm, but God feeds them. Amen. All right. And how much more valuable you are. Someone say, I am. It's good to know God considers you valuable. Amen. That's important. How much more valuable you are than birds. Then Jesus asked, verse 25, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Now consider, verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor, they don't spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire. How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 29, and don't set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. And don't worry about it, Jesus said. He just repeated himself, didn't he? Is he trying to tell us that worry is sin? I'll let you fight that out with him. For the pagan world. Remember, we're disciples. We're not part of the pagan world. For the pagan world runs after such things, yet your father knows that you need them. But here it is, verse 31, but seek his kingdom 
And these things will be given to you as well. So don't be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased, well pleased, to give you the kingdom. I want to use as a title this morning, Unmasking the Thief Called Worry. Because worry is a thief. In our text, Jesus warns us about this thief. And he commands us not to worry about life, the eating and the drinking and the basics of life. And he asks us this question. He says, what can we accomplish by worrying? Not not, not a day to our life, not an inch to our height. If we could, I'd be six foot tall. He emphasizes and he exhorts us to guard our hearts from worry and understand the destructive power it contains and learn to rest in our father's care. Learning to trust and to lean and to look to Jesus. You know, Jesus, the heaven's antidote to worry is trusting and believing and calling upon the Lord. Jesus said in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Amen. When your heart feels that, trust in God. That's the antidote. So Jesus tells us in John 10, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and to destroy. And you know, worry's a thief. Worry's one of these thieves that he's talking about. It steals your peace of mind and clear thinking. It disrupts family harmony. How many know that? It stifles spiritual growth. Worry takes away joy, calm, contentment, and rest and tries to replace it with, with heaviness or, or, or fear or anger or anxiety. Worry keeps people from stepping out and advancing in God. It invades the mind with the what ifs. Child of God, forget the what ifs. You serve the I am. And he says, I am greater than all your what ifs. Worry hinders people from giving and growing. From obeying and enjoying the abundant life God has for his people. Now we want to emphasize trouble and pressures are real. Jesus is not disinterested with our burdens. He is um, not um, insensitive to our private and personal situations. And it's not that he doesn't understand the human condition. He lived it. He does. He's not calling for denial. He's not asking us for some kind of mental escapism of life and, and the realities and responsibilities. But he is reminding us that our God, our Heavenly Father, is greater than these things. And his grace towards us is sufficient to bring us through these things. That is love and that is care. It's real. It's unchanging. And it's certain. And the Savior is warning and alerting us to the dangers of worry. Worry will attack and affect us physically, emotionally, spiritually. People get ill. It's a worry. Physically, right? People, oh, pressure gets on them. Again, worry is a thief. And Jesus is exposing it and encouraging the people of God to rest in the care of your heavenly Father. Psalm 121 says, Our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over us continually. Our help comes from the Lord. You know what Psalm 125 tells us? That when we trust in the Lord, it it, it makes us strong and emotionally stable people. They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion that can't be moved. 
God says when you trust in me, it brings an emotional security and stability to your life. Regardless of what's going on around you, you can be strong. Regardless of how the winds of life and trial and temptations are afflicting you, you can be secure. How? By trusting in the Lord. And he's calling his people to that. In a very real world, with real pressures, we have a heavenly father that we can trust. And we can always look to every day for every need. Blessed be his name. Now in this chapter, Jesus just got done telling the parable of the rich fool. Dealing with the issues of greed and selfishness. But now he turns away from the crowd and he speaks to his disciples. Again, notice verse 22 begins. He's speaking to his disciples. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, He leaves the crowd. He turns to those that are his followers, those that are his. And he begins to speak about worry. You know, on one hand, greed is afraid it can never get enough. But worry is afraid it might not have enough. But let's remember now, Jesus is changing audiences. The masses are no longer his target. But it's to his own that he says, do not be anxious about your life. It's to his own. He says, don't let that thief of worry rob you and harass you. For your father knows and your father cares and your father is able and your father is willing to provide all that you have need of. Therefore, let us be glad. He knows those that are his. If you belong to him, rest in his loving care. If you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ and rest in his unchanging love and his continual faithfulness. If we are one of his, then rest assured your hairs are numbered. Your steps, they're ordered. Your life is kept and continually watched over by a loving and faithful Heavenly Father. Ask ourselves, child of God, why worry? Jesus is exposing worry as a thief. And he's reminding us and assuring us. And he's calling us to trust God, to believe God, to be confident in the promises and in the presence of our God that never leaves nor forsakes. We ask ourselves, child of God, why worry? The Bible says the battle is the Lord's battle. And He's able to deliver us from any situation, in every situation. He's able, like those three Hebrews in the book of Daniel that had to get thrown into that fiery furnace. Listen, when life gets hot, Jesus is there. When life gets so hot, people don't return your text. I don't text, but if you do text, they don't return your text. Hey, Jesus is there. When people aren't returning your call, guess what? His ear is always open to your cry. My Lord, the battle is the Lord. Lord's battle. You don't got to fight the battle. You just got to trust God and he'll bring you through the battle. For promotion comes from him and protection comes from him. Oh yes, provision comes from his hand and he is completely sovereign and in control of all things. A very present help in time of trouble. We've told this story before, but I'll never forget the time the preacher went into his bank on Monday, back when you used to have to cash your checks. Remember, before the direct deposit? Amen. Get that hunk of change, and first thing Monday morning, amen. Your wife throw you out. Get that check cat. Out you go. Banker looked at the preacher and said, how can you be so happy? It was Monday. Of course he's happy. It was a good Sunday, and, you know, he got to, amen. He was whistling, this is the day the Lord. Had. How can you be so happy? 
He looked at him, been his banker for years, said, well, what are you talking about, Mr. Banker? He says, I watched you on TV last night. He was teaching a series on the book of Revelation. You were talking about how judgments are coming and terrible things are. And he goes, oh, oh, I get your point now. Listen, Mr. Banker, this is why I'm so happy. Because last night I wasn't talking about my world. I was talking about yours. You see, my, my world's safe in the hands of God. Amen. I'm getting raptured before that hell breaks out. Can you say amen to that? See, child of God, Jesus is stressing a difference here. This world's not our home. We're not part of it. If you're a Christian, then your world is secure in the Lord. It is sustained by the hand of Almighty God. The hands that hold the universe are the hands that hold your life. The battle is the Lord's battle. Jesus fights for you. Jesus defends you. Jesus stands by your side and watches over your life. So why worry? Trials will come. Temptations will attack. But he never allows us to be tempted above that which we are able to bear. Not only is the battle his, but he gives us the promise that no matter what life throws against you, my grace is greater so you can overcome it. He'll make a way of escape. He'll give us the ability to stand and bear it. That means you're made of better stuff. Stop thinking about yourself as you used to be. You a new person now. Amen. Jesus lives in you now. Now, if you're a young believer, or better yet, if you're even an old believer and haven't found enough sense to memorize this scripture, here's your homework. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Let's look at that together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This says, no temptation. How many temptations? That temptation to fear is a real temptation. No temptation. The temptation to fight is a real temptation. No temptation. The temptation to give in to frustration and fatigue is a real temptation. But the Bible says no temptation. Fill it in. What's trying to make you stumble? What's trying to make you act like you don't know God? No temptation has come against you, overtaking you, except what is common to man. That means whatever you're facing, someone else has faced it. That's right. Isn't that right? That's right. Amen. But God is faithful. My Lord, my Lord. Woo! God is faithful. The government's not, but God is. Can you say amen to that? Sometimes even your friends aren't, but God is. God is faithful. He is faithful. That means you can count on Him. You can trust in Him. You can depend on Jesus. My Lord, my Lord. I don't know who to turn to. I got good news. You can turn to Jesus. You can cast your burden on the Lord. You can stand on His Word and He will bring you through. But God is faithful. Who will not? Now, can God lie? After you get done reading this, all you say is the fix is in. God's fixed it. That we don't have to be the victims. We can be the victors. God is faithful. He will not allow. He will not allow. Sounds like he's in control. Amen. If he says he will not allow, that means he's got to be in control of this thing. What is that that we like to say? Whenever God allows one of his children to go through the fiery trials, his hand is always on the thermostat. And his eye is always on the clock. He knows how much heat you can take. And he knows how long you can stand it. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. That means God knows what you can take. You can take more than you think you can take. You know, you can't get muscles if you keep bench pressing 50 pounds all your life. Isn't that right? 
You got to put some weight on that thing. Amen. You want to put some weight on that thing. I can't seem to get stronger. Put some weight on the bar. God said, you can take it. If you couldn't, I wouldn't have let it come your way. You can take it. I know what you got in you. You got my spirit in you. You can take it. Woo! I'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation. Temptations will come. But along with that temptation, God says, I will also make a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Whatever comes your way, you can bear it. Whatever comes your way, you're able to overcome it. Sometimes God doesn't take it away. He gives you grace to walk through it. But I'm here today to tell you, whatever you're facing, God is walking with you. God's grace is sufficient for you. And he's going to bring you through. You can take that to the bank. Somebody say amen. So why worry? The battle is the Lord's battle. He fights for us. God is in control of these things, so He won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. So whatever comes our way, if I want to overcome, I can't overcome. Just sometimes people don't take the way of escape. They're gluttons for punishment. But when I see that way of escape, I'm jumping through that puppy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I might not be too bright, but I'm bright enough to know. Amen. When God says jump through, I'm jumping. Here I come, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I never forget the story. It blesses me every time I get a chuckle. Before Brother Shambach went on the evangelistic field, he pastored a couple small churches right out of Bible school in the Pennsylvania. And he he visited the hospital one time, and it was a smaller town. He knew the doctor. doctor knew him, and he went to visit one of his ladies. And the doctor says to him, Bob, she would have been dead days ago if she was any other woman. And with that, Brother Shambach said, Doc, you hit the nail right on the head. She's not some other woman. She's a child of God. That means she can stand a little more heat and she can take a little more pressure. She can bear up under things that would crush others because she is a child of the Most High God. And friends, so are you and so can you. There is a difference if you know Jesus. There is a difference when you serve the Lord. Oh yeah, she has the Spirit of God dwellings within her. She has the hand of the living God resting upon her. She has the eyes of heaven that never leave her. And so do you, and so do you. So why worry? Why worry, Jesus tells us. He who has redeemed us. He who loves us with an everlasting love. Who knows when even the smallest sparrow falls. He knows your need. He knows your private pain. He knows your deadline. And Jesus is saying, fear not, fret not, just rest in your Father's care and trust in your Father's faithfulness. Oh my. Psalm 55 and 22, another good verse, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. He will never let the righteous be moved. What a beautiful thought. Isn't that beautiful? Check that out. Your part. Cast the burden upon the Lord. What are you doing with the burden? Here we go. Here we go. Not in the notes. Number one, don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. Instead, disperse it. 
Don't nurse it. See my, see my boo-boo? See my boo-boo? Can I show you my boo-boo? I scraped it 25 years ago, but I still like to show it. Don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. Disperse it. Bring it to Jesus. Cast it on the Lord. Come on, say amen to that. That wasn't in, that wasn't in the notes, but I thought it was good. Anyhow, amen. Cast your burden upon the Lord. That's your part. You got a burden, what are you going to do with it? Here's God's promise, and he shall sustain you. Woo! That's a good promise. God, you said if I give it to you, you'll sustain me in this thing. Amen? And there's heaven's principle. He will never permit the righteous. That's you, if you're a believer, to be moved. God's going to keep you strong no matter what life brings your way. Isn't that right? But let's face it, sometimes we go through things. God doesn't always take things away. We walk through trials, don't we? Sometimes we just got to go through them. But God says, I won't let you be crushed by it. I won't let you be broken by it. If you're mine, give me the burden. I'll give you my grace. And I'll bring you through it every time. Every time. Hallelujah. Again, Jesus is not telling us that we won't be tested or tried. We will. But he's emphasizing that we must know and be convinced that you and I have a God that is on our side. And he promises, how how the prophets say it, that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The waters, the turbulence of life, the storms of life. And when you pass through the rivers, when those rapids get hard, they won't sweep you away. And when you walk through the fire, there we go. Things are getting hot again. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Anybody going through the fire this morning? Amen. Stand tall. Keep calm. You don't walk through it alone. Jesus stands by your side. Jesus tells us, don't worry. He said it more than once in that, didn't he? Now, it's one thing when man gives you counsel. Well, you know what I'm going through. This is Jesus. You tell him that. Come on, say amen. Isn't that right? Well, you don't. Oh, that's true. Thank God. Rather not. But anyway, I'm just saying. Are you with me? Come on, this is good. This is good. This is good. You don't got to fight with your spouse. Learn to overcome worry. Isn't that right? You don't got to lose another job. Learn how to deal with worry. Isn't that true? You don't got to blow your witness at work every six months. Learn how to overcome worry. Jesus must have thought it was important if he dealt with it. Am I right? This isn't how to balance your checkbook 101. I know a lot of things they teach in churches now. It's a good Lord. I thought they taught us that when we in, in grade school. This is Bible. I know. But some have become content with their burden or their boo-boo. And if you're content with your burden or your boo-boo, then this bugs you. But again, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. That's all I can. I don't got much brains of my own. I'm just smart enough to tell you what he said. Amen. I said, deal with the author. I'm just a newsboy throwing it on someone's step. Jesus tells all of us, don't worry. You will have trouble. Troubles are common to man. They're part of life in this world. You shall have them. Jesus said that. And the psalmist said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's us. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. Amen. 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 Now, now, lest I steer somebody wrong, I would hate to do that. Let me make myself clear. There are some things 
that you might be worried about. There are some things that you should have serious cause for concern. If you're not saved, if your heart's not right with God, if you're not living the way you know the Lord wants you to live, then you should be worried. Don't take God's mercy and patience and grace for granted. And please don't take your walk with God. Don't take that carelessly. Take your walk with God seriously. Make sure you're, you're concerned and serious about the condition of your soul. And if God's dealing with you and you're not where you should be, don't shrug it off. Don't, don't put it off. Respond and make things right and get things back to where they need to be. Can you say amen to that? Now back to the faithful. Back to the, let's get back to us. Amen. I hope that's us. But now back to the faithful. In our text, Jesus is exposing worry and what it attempts to do to harm our lives, to disrupt our peace, to tarnish our testimony. Again, he's not, he is not forbidding responsibility, proper concern for the future, being a good steward, wisdom, common sense, hard work. No, those are all Bible principles. He's not saying don't do that. But by studying Jesus is teaching here. I want us to notice three things. Three things worry attempts to do in our hearts. And if you're honest, just ask you to be honest. Amen. I read this all week long. I I have five altar calls, I think, just studying these messages. Amen. But um, I've been there and I know we all eat the apples out of the same sack. Amen. We're all part of this human. So let's let's look at this together. All right. Why is it important that we overcome worry? Jesus is teaching us that worry, number one, worry has a destructive effect on a person emotionally and spiritually. It it, it tears, it tosses, and it suffocates our our, our spirits, our emotional well-being. Three pictures from the scripture. Notice in verse 22, again, Jesus said, to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Now that, that word worry in the Greek speaks of something being torn apart, something being divided. Worry pulls us in different directions. You ever see someone that's worried? They're almost like, oh, they're schizo here. I mean, one minute they're here, one minute they're there. I mean, fear one's faith this way, hope that way, doubt this way. They're very inconsistent. Have you ever seen someone that's battling worry and worry's getting the upper hand? They're not consistent. They lose focus. They're agitated. Yeah, I mean, it's like that, that washing machine, right? Washing those people agitated. That's kind of how they are. So Jesus, number one, Jesus says, worry is a thief. And what it'll try to do, it'll try to bring a division to your thinking. It'll tear you apart. It takes away faith and gives you fear. It takes away hope and gives you doubt. But secondly, not only does worry tear, worry tosses. Because if you look now, different Greek word here, verse 29, verse 29, look what Jesus said. He says, and do not... Set your heart on what you eat or drink and do not worry about it. Now, this word worry a little different, but it, it, it's, it means it tosses. It makes a person anxious, double minded. In fact, it's used as a picture of a ship that the waves are just doing this. You know, worry makes you very unsettled instead of being settled and secure. Makes you very unsure instead of being sure. 
makes you unsteady instead of being firm like that rock you want to be. Worry attempts to tear apart and toss, unsettle our soul and our emotions, unsettle our faith, unsettle our peace, unsettle our joy, make us tense and uneasy about things. It's, it's hard to concentrate. It's hard to think straight when worry is winning. Jesus is warning them about it. Now, this last thought here is going to come from one of Paul's teachings. But not only does it tear and toss, worry tends to suffocate. Most of you remember Philippians 4, that that familiar verse, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, peace of God. Remember that? All right. That word, that word anxious, interesting word. When we study how we got our English word from that Greek word, we got to trace it through those Anglo-Saxons. And back in their language, this word spoke of suffocating. Worry has a suffocating effect on people. It actually means to strangle. This word came from those old Vikings and all that, to strangle. And let's face it, if you give in to worry, it does have a suffocating effect on a person. It oppresses a person. It just saps the strength from a person. You ever worry about something and you let worry win? You can wake up after eight, nine hours in bed and you're more tired than when you went to sleep. Anybody else? It happens, doesn't it, if we don't win, if we don't, if we don't discern it and defeat it. It saps the strength of a person. And let's face it, I think everyone can say amen to this. There's a lot of wasted energy that comes from worry. And I found out so much in life, a lot of things that, especially when I was younger, that I worried about weren't even real things. They were what ifs. A rumor went out. They're going to close down the factory. It was just real. It wasn't even true. So for three days, you're tense. For three days, you're worrying. For three days, it wasn't even real. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's a word that Jesus is warning us about that. Jesus is warning us about that. You know, I was younger in the Lord. I'm going to take my sweet time today, so just just allow me to do that. Can I give you, can I give you a hint? Young Christians, right? we're young in the Lord. You know, we barely had a nickel to our name. And after I left Bible college and we, we got married, she couldn't work because she was still on a student visa from Sweden, so she couldn't even work for a while. And, um, you know, we had no money. So I joined the Army to get money to go back to school and finish up. So we're out there in Arizona, we're far away from mommy and daddy who used to take care of everything. And, you know, all of a sudden we wake up and I'm daddy and she's mommy. Oh, Lord. Time to grow up fast. Amen. Time to grow up fast. No one's there. Got to take care of the car. Got to take care of the bills. There's no one to get a little extra money off when times are tough. You got to learn. Amen. Yeah. And so I would learn, though, sometimes maybe a bill was due and I let it get the best of me. I'd do good for a day or two. I'd try to stand on that word. I try to praise the Lord. I said, Lord, I quote the scripture. You're my shepherd. Lord, you supply all my needs. And I'd do good two day, three day. And maybe that third day, I'd lose. And like that afternoon, a check would come in the mail. I say, Lord, if I could have just hung on a little longer and bit my tongue, I could have got a real victory. Amen. But I remembered that. And the next time that happened, when I was getting ready to, explode a little bit. I know none of y'all explode, but I was just a kid. I was only 22, 23, so give me a little slack here. And I, re- I remembered, oh Lord, devil, you're not going to mess me again. You won last time, you're not winning this time. 
God bless all our people that work on cars. My experience with car people that I don't know personally has not been good, so I'll just preface that story. So we had a little, was it a Dodge Colt? What did we drive? A little Dodge Hatchback Colt. Amen. Drove that thing up the New Mexican mountains. My Lord, we almost went backwards. I had 18 wheelers. 18 wheelers were passing me. Amen. I got it all, brother. I'm telling you. And um, so, so I go into the place. Oh, the guy looks at me. Oh, you need struts. You need brakes. I don't know a strut from a brake. I don't know a shock, whatever. I need, I need a lot of stuff. Amen. Man. True story. And we had just started. First time was we left college, married. First time we started tithing as a couple. Now, now we're, back, we're fancy now. My wife does it all online. I, I couldn't tell you what I made or what I didn't make. Amen? It just all goes in one computer and out. And I don't know. As long as I got coffee money. I'm happy. She takes care of it all. But back in those days, we weren't so sophisticated. So when I got my money from Uncle Sam, that big chunk of change that private first class makes. Amen? When I got that big chunk of change, I took out what was the tithe. And I put it in an empty shoebox up on a shelf in the closet. I figure if I, I couldn't see it to the end of the month when I was going to pay my tithe, I wouldn't be tempted to spend it. you got to work with what you got, folks. That's all I can tell you. Pulling in that store, you need this, you need that, you need that car. Got to get to work. I lived off base. We need, need it. Temptation. 22, 23 years old. Need that. Temptation starts to come. Whew. Should I spend God's tithe? We had just started by making that commitment as a young married couple. Oh, we're going to put God first. I went to this store to get a different one. It was worse. It was a worse quote than the first one. I said, they're in cahoots. They're all out to get me. Amen. I went to a couple places. Went home. Went home. Half of me wanted to scream. Other half wanted to cry. I said, devil, I don't care if I got to walk to work. There ain't no Ubers back in that day. Amen. There ain't no Ubers. Amen. I'll bum a ride. I'll do what I got to do. But I said, we are not going to give away our tithe. Either he's my provider or he's not. It's good to find this out when you're young. Then serve him wholeheartedly or go serve someone else. Amen. Uh, he won't fail you. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, I stirred myself up. Just, just, just me and the devil. Fighting it out. You know how, you, how that works, right? Sometimes you just get alone, fight it out with that devil. Where well, I'm not. I don't care if I got a thumb or ride to work. We are not. Then I got a thought. I believe it was from God. One more time. Drive up and down that main strip there in Sarah Vista, Fort Huachuca, Arizona. Hallelujah. So I drove one more time. I'm looking for a place. I mean, I've tried all the main places, Firestone and Sierra. I've tried all these places, right? One quote's worse than the other. I'm driving. I see a hole in the wall place. I mean, <laughs> it was a hole in the wall, which normally I wouldn't go near it, right? But I happened to see, I was an EMT. I was an ambulance driver. worked in the ER in the military. I saw one of our ambulances there. I said, man, I don't, we, don't, we don't do calls out here off post. I said, oh, what in the world? So I went. I got into work. Mr. Barrera, re- retired, re- retired old first sergeant. He ran our place as a retired. I, Mr. Brer, I said, you know, I was driving to work and I happened to see one of our ambulances. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, he does all our work for us. He's great. He's a retired, whatever, whatever. Uh, I said, oh, was it do cars? Oh, sure. Tell him I sent you. He'll take care of you. Amen. I went in. He looked at He did a little this, did a little that. I don't know what he's doing, hey, whatever. Hey. He says, no, you don't need that. You don't, all you need is. 
that price shrunk from here to there. We were able to pay it. We were able to give God what belonged to him. Come on, say amen. Amen. I'm just saying we get tested in these things. We get tested in these things. Isn't that right? And when God says, go ahead and try me, I'll come through for you. But we'll get tested. Oh my. And that word anxious, be anxious for nothing. Because that word anxious actually speaks about the strangling power of worry. How it can zap our strength and oppress us. But folks, when we trust in the Lord, it strengthens us. And it encourages us. And it steadies us. And God always comes through for us. Can you say amen? Yeah, I never forgot that. Sarah Vista, oh man, they had a place. Well, that's going offline. But they had a place. Mucho chimichanga. Woo! I mean, that was the biggest chimney I ever had. Oh, it was good. You could start it today and finish it on Wednesday. It was good. But anyway, let me get back to my sermon. I'm getting back here now. Hallelujah. <laughs> worry. Jesus is warning us. And that's why it's important to overcome worry. And to recognize when I'm worrying. So wait, you know, I'm, Lord, you taught me not to worry. And we just got to be honest with God. Lord, this is yours. I prayed about it. I've given it to you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stand in your promise. Number one, Jesus said, it has a destructive power. It really just tears us up and weighs us down. But secondly, it has a deceptive power. Isn't that true? It causes us to see and think things out of perspective. It blows things out of proportion, does it not? That old Wizard of Oz. That's the thing I've been worried about, you know what I mean, the whole time, right? When we let worry win, it can give us a false view of life. Our problems, our circumstances seem greater than really what they were once we get done with it. Worry magnifies problems. Mountains are higher. Threats are more frightening. The wait seems longer. Esau sold his birthright out of desperation. Remember King Saul? He, he couldn't wait any longer. And out of desperation, he gave a sacrifice. And it winds up costing a part of the kingdom as God deals with him. But look at things through the lens of faith, not through the lens of fear or worry. Because worry gives me a false view of life. It gives me a false view of God if I'm not careful. It makes God seem far away, unconcerned and not caring, not faithful and not able. But we know that's a lie, amen? He's there. He's watching over us. He's faithful to us. That's a lie. But what's Jesus stressing here? You are much more valuable. You are worth so much to God. It's not like we got a hold on God. God has a hold on us. Jesus is stressing the great love of God here. He's stressing to you and I that you and I are so valuable to God. You're valuable to God. You're very, very valuable to God. Isn't that something? He wants to take care of you. He wants to meet your need. He wants, it's his good will. It's his good pleasure. You see. You're so valuable to God. And listen, and God's so dedicated to you. The much more, the much more. Amen? You're worth much more. I like to say it like this. If he loved me so much when I was an old sinner trying to avoid him, how much more now that I'm a son that's trying to serve him? Amen? Doesn't that make common sense to anybody? If he was so good to me, bailing me out when I was playing the fool, how much more now can I trust him that I'm one of his? Amen? Worry has a deceptive power 
that can cause us to see life, to see God, and even to see ourselves out of focus and out of perspective. In the Old Testament, they got nervous and fear. Worry got a hold of them. They said, we are grasshoppers. You're not a grasshopper. You're a child of God. We feel like I've been forgotten. You're never forgotten. I feel small. You're not small. You're big in the Lord. I feel weak. I feel like a failure. Listen, just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. We are children of the Most High God. We're more than conquerors, the Bible says. We're able to do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Jesus is teaching his followers and warning them against the danger and effects of worry. He says it's, it's, it's deceptive and it, it's destructive. And lastly, it can be deformative. Look what he says in verse 30. He says in verse 30 here, for the pagan world runs after such things. Wow. Look at that Snickers commercial. Ever see that Snickers commercial? All right, give him a Snickers bar. You don't act right when you're hungry. Isn't that right? Keep me fed and I'm better. Amen. But what, what does worry do? Worry causes us to act like people that don't know God when we do know God. It chokes our testimony. And it causes us to speak and act and think out of character for a child of God. That's why sometimes somebody, you know, might be a little abrupt or something. You always give them a pass. Maybe they're having a bad day. We know that's not the norm. Now, if they're like that every day, well, we got a little talk here, you know what I mean? But everyone has a bad day, right? You know, and sometimes it's just, you know, hey, welcome to the family, you know. But it causes us to act out of character. Sometimes something happens. Who was that? That was a person that was letting worry win. But thank God it doesn't have to win. Because listen, Jesus Wants his people to know and never forget these three things. Verse 30, take a look at verse 30. He assures you, he emphasizes to you and I. He reminds us, number one, your father knows. See that in verse 30? For the pagan world runs and acts crazy about this and that, but your father knows what you need. God sees and God's aware. You're not an orphan. You have a heavenly father that watches over you continually. The great I am, Jehovah Jireh, he sees and provides for us. Jesus, the great shepherd, he says, I know you by name. I know your needs and I know your natures. Your father knows. Be comforted by that. But secondly, your father is able. This verse 31 says, and it will be given. God says, I'll make it come to pass. I'll give you what you need. I'm more than able to meet your need. Your father is able. It will be given. And thirdly, your father is willing. Verse 32. Your father is willing. It says, it's his, he's pleased. Isn't that wonderful? He's pleased to meet your need. His heart finds joy in meeting the needs of his people. It says the father is pleased to bless us. It's his good pleasure. We don't got to beg God any more than our kids got to beg us to be fed and to be clothed. And to be cared for. You know, one of the verses that we all learn, 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. See, watch how the um, amplified verse and it expounds on it a little bit here. It's the first, first, first Peter 5 and 7. It should be right in that next block. It's in our next PowerPoint block. We put it right in there. And this is in the amplified version. And it'll tell us, Cast all your care. I read it here. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, 
all your concerns once and for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and He cares about you watchfully. It's right in the next PowerPoint slide. You don't got, you don't got, you, you don't got to punch it in. It should be right there. Isn't that beautiful? He cares for you affectionately. He not only loves you, He likes you. God cares for you. If, God cares for you from His heart. He doesn't care for you because He has to. He cares for you because He loves to. Affect and watchfully. He's active in watching. He's active in taking care of you. God's concerned and God's involved in the life that allows him to be involved in their life. You got to allow God to be involved in your life. Amen. That's the seeking first part, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Worry is a thief. Let's make up our minds. We will discern it and defeat it. Jesus commands us in this story not to worry. And then Jesus communicates to us why we don't have to worry. He says, you are, you are, you put your name in there, you are valuable to God. Isn't that cool? God cares about me. God considers me valuable. Wow, that's pretty good. I like that. You are valuable. Those are the much mores. And God is faithful and willing Enable towards you. Give you these four practical applications. Oh, yeah, here it is. You, you can look at casting the whole of your care, all your anxiety, all your concerns, once and all, on Him, for He cares for you affectionately, and He cares about you watchfully. He don't put you on hold. Amen. He, he don't just forget about you. I'm going to go on the other side of the world and do something. Amen. He's watching with his heart. He ministers to you with his eyes. He's like, okay, all right. Here's our, our practical application. When, when, when I'm battling with worry, because worry is a real temptation in the real world. Amen. And there's certain things as we grow in the Lord, certain things should no longer really affect us. But, but life can throw you a real doozy. Amen. And we got to learn to take our thoughts captive. Isn't that right? Right? We've got to learn to speak to ourselves. You ever talk to yourself? You got to sometimes. Remind yourself, Lord, you're in control. Lord, I wasn't expecting that, but God, you're still in control. You're good. The devil's a lie. You know, and God. So number one, keep your focus on God. When something comes my way and I'm tempted to worry, keep your focus on God. Don't, don't let that problem consume you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't let that problem consume you. Then secondly, Cast your care on him. Because we've got to do our part if he's going to care for us, right? What, what, what does Psalm 55 say? We've got to give him the burden. That's our part. And then he's faithful. See, Take your burden specifically. And sometimes until you really get the victory daily. Amen. Sometimes five times a day. Daily. And verbally to Jesus. Lord, you've healed, you've healed me before of this thing. But the doctor said that, rate, that, that thing is up. In my blood work. So Lord, one more time. I know you're faithful. You can do it again, Lord. But, but Lord, it's you know, kind of bugging me right now. So Lord, I'm going to give it to you, Lord. And you, you're my healer. You're my, amen. Lord, I wasn't expecting that. I thought we were secure for the future. But I didn't see that coming. And now all of a sudden things are tighter than what we had expected, Lord. Um, but Lord, you're still our provider. 
And Lord, if you give me wisdom for this, and Lord, help us. And sometimes you got to write, ver- I'm going to cast my care. Verbally, I bring it to the Lord. Here it is. Then receive from him his promise. One of the ways we encourage ourselves and comfort ourselves. Amen? Right? You, you get one of those cuts, you pour up that peroxide. Amen? I get my peroxide out there. Peroxide here. Neosporin, right? And then you right? You got to, right? Certainly we doctor ourselves a little bit, don't we? Spiritually, how do I doctor myself? I receive God's promise about that. What God, Father, this is what you said. This is what you said. You said, you're my shepherd, I shall not want. You said promotion comes from you. So, Lord, if I'm meant to have that job, you're going to open that door. Amen? If, if I'm meant, Lord, I'm, just, I'm doing my part to be faithful. And, and we comfort ourselves in, with the promises of God. Because I, I love getting, we, we, get, we get good advice from people, that's true. But the best advice comes from God. Right, that's divine. So, so I'm going to keep my focus when worry trying to get a hold of me. Instead of looking at that thing that's taunting me, that's prodding me, I'm going to keep my focus on the Lord. I'm going to cast that care. Amen. It comes in different shapes and sizes, but I'm going to cast it on the Lord. I'm going to receive from Him His promise that helps encourage and comfort myself. Well, what does Father say about that? Your situation. What does the Word of God say about that? What does Jesus promise about that? His words are comforting words. His words are consoling words. His words are able to put a peace in our heart. Amen? Amen. Receive from him his promise and then remind yourself, God, you're working. God, you're working. Lord, you're working in this. And while I wait, your grace will be sufficient. Remind yourself, my heavenly father is faithful. He cares for me. I've done what I can do, and now I trust him and believe that he is working on my behalf. Isn't that beautiful? Talk faith and encourage yourself. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to close now with our final prayer, and then we'll open the altar. Unmasking the thief called worry. Jesus is talking to his disciples, his followers. This word doesn't apply to someone that's a rebel and not saved. He's talking to those that are serving him, that can call God their heavenly father and Jesus their shepherd, okay? So he's talking to his disciples. So number one, if you're carrying a burden this morning, you try to close the service in flow with the word that went forth, amen? And then you open up for every problem as everyone's battling different things. So number one, if you're carrying a burden and you'd like to come and just give it to the Lord, come and do so. It might be a bad report. It might be a frustration in the finances, in the family. If you're carrying a burden, come and give it to God. And we'll pray for you and we'll ask God. My, my thought was, we'll ask God to give you his peace and his promise as you trust him. We do our part, right? We got to do our part, right? Psalm 55, we're going we're gonna to bring God that burden and he will sustain us. And we're going to pray that he'll give us peace. Amen. He'll give us his promise. He'll remind us of his word. We hear a lot of words when stress starts coming. Amen. Your mind thinks this and someone says, that. oh, I read that. Forget that. Read this. Amen. Or if you're just here and you need special prayer, maybe you need a touch in your body. Maybe you need some kind of answer. Well, we'd love to pray for you and believe God together with you. But lastly, this is the most important. Make sure. Make sure things are right between you and God. Don't, don't be lulled into a false sense of security. 
If you're truly a child of God and living for God, you are secure, secure can be. But if you're not, then don't let this world lull you into a false sense of security. You come and make things right and make a fresh altar and give Jesus a fresh commitment and surrender of your life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and we'll pray. We'll pray. And when we're done praying, if you need to come, come and come.